Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And welcome to episode 280 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... Kitty, kitty, kitty. Bex, how are you doing? Hey, how are you doing? I'm good. It's been a while. <laughs> it has, although I can't really tell anymore because I have no sense of time. <laughs> Somebody pointed out on Twitter this morning that it's been a year since I went to the Hatsune Miku concert and I was just like, are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I that was a couple of months. Yeah, the last 12 months seems to have gone incredibly fast, but also very, very slowly. It's very odd. <laughs> yes, it's like a really, really under budget version of Groundhog Day in my house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe me, I know the feeling but you got quite busy before christmas you were doing quite a lot of stuff so uh, what have you been up to because you haven't been on for a few months yeah i um decided in all of my great wisdom to take on far too many things and uh, <laughs> that including me deciding that i wanted to do a big charity drive over christmas and new year so i did a whole bunch of, of charity fundraising streams including 10 hours on christmas day where i filmed in my kitchen so i carried all the computer equipment and the lights and the camera and everything into the kitchen and cooked Christmas dinner with everyone. <laughs> didn't didn't blow the kitchen up. Came well close, I think. Yes. I think I came close to setting the kitchen on fire. Did manage to chop part of my fingernail off trying to peel <laughs> vegetables and things. And um, apparently this was uh, of great amusement to people and then uh, carried all the equipment back to the normal room it's in and had a party for the end of Christmas Day, which was awesome because we raised £2,000 for Samaritans. And awesome. then also did some retro game streams raising money for, for other charities including another mental health charity called Safe in Our World and yeah that's kept me fairly busy plus I've been branching out more and more and more into doing sort of improv character acting stuff on the stream so that's been good I've caught some of those yes <laughs> <laughs> pushed myself out of my comfort zone a bit I've done improv courses before but I've never done anything like that in front of an audience before and it's been really fun how everyone's just kind of jumped on board and been really, really awesome with just saying like, yeah, this is fun. We'll we'll jump on that and um, inventing new characters and just messing around really and making the stream even more of a place for people to just have a little bit of an escape and feel like a part of a community. And the next one that we're going to do for that sort of came about by accident because there's a thing I do, which I, um, I enjoy doing. But you know how you have those things you do and you think, you know, you're just you're amusing yourself and no one else cares. Yes. And one of the things I do is misinterpret 
song lyrics and <laughs> adverts and music videos in my head. And I started doing that just to explain some song lyrics for some songs, not songs I dislike, songs that are just horrifically written that I do like. Mm. And I decided to utilize my <laughs> film studies and English literature degree level education to wrongly analyze deep, beautiful meanings in terribly written songs, <laughs> um, including how a, a song by Crazy Town, who I like as a band, yes. but um, they're not deep and meaningful songs. No. And he has a song that is the worst humble brag in the world. It's called Revolving Door about how his life's so sad because millions of women will sleep with him, but he hasn't found true love and he's just got loads of money. <laughs> and um, includes lines I won't repeat that um, are definitely not humble. And I misinterpreted it into a very soulful ballad about how he just really likes playing League of Legends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. And uh, how he's got no friends because the architects wrongly in installed a revolving door so no one could get into his house. Right. And okay. <laughs> people liked it. So we're making a new, a new scene for that. All the photoshopping I do, making a new scene where I'm going to be a university lecturer and I'm going to explaining the deep meanings of these things in the way my university lecturers explained about poetry that I thought was also sometimes fairly badly written <laughs> yeah. when I was back in uni. So we're just doing stuff like that. And yeah, also been playing quite a lot of Chrono Trigger. First playthrough of Chrono Trigger, Ooh. which is classic. I've let chat name the characters though. So I'm currently level 13 idiot. Well, yes, um, that will happen if you let your chat name your characters. <laughs> yeah. So the robot's called Crichton. The frog's called Kermit. Of course. The princess is called Marta after one of the lovely people from Sega that, that I've streamed with. Right. And uh, the tech expert's called Velma. <laughs> but... <laughs> Naming the character Idiot was just a stroke of genius because everywhere you go, there's just these characters yelling, Idiot! Save the princess! <laughs> Idiot! Where are you going? <laughs> Idiot! Is this sword helpful? And, you're like, and my house says Idiot's house above it. And I'm just like, yeah, this is, this is just <laughs> my life. This is, this is far too close to home now. <laughs> Oh dear. That's been keeping me busy quite well. Uh, other than that, I am being masochistic and watching the final series of Sabrina because apparently well, I, I, I hate myself and I need to know what happens. You put yourself through the rest of it. So yes, you should just watch the final season, I think. I, it's only fair. It's so preposterous. Um, <laughs> it's so silly. But I think it is quite aware of that by this point. So yeah. I, I think, you know, it's gone the way of Gotham, which is just, we're writing a serious, oh no, we're not. No, nah, just, just. <laughs> with it <laughs> yeah so Gotham I'm did that, that so through. well um, and I've started Alice in Borderland as well oh okay which is very very good um, Japanese series where a few characters suddenly find themselves they think to be the only people left in Tokyo then discover that actually they are caught in some kind of pocket dimension where you have to play games in order to be allowed more hours to live oh interesting very interesting sounding rather Black Mirror that uh, that sounds like quite good where are you watching that that one's on netflix so okay. i've been watching that i've also been watching a bit more of discovery catching up on that one and still 50 50 on if i even like it or not i love <laughs> some of the characters just not the main character which is making it a little bit mm. difficult at times to watch but still enjoying it overall just every now and again just kind of feel a little bit exasperated with it right i've been enjoying I, the third season i really really enjoyed i think the whole time jump thing worked really well and mm. 
where they've taken it this season. I, I just think it's been getting better and better. It's interesting because I, I won't go into spoilers because you've probably not got to the end of it yet. But the last episode does almost leave it in a place where you could kind of walk away from it. I think it has actually got another season coming. I think okay. they've already confirmed. But it does get to a point where if that was like a series finale. It would have actually worked, I think. They left it in quite an interesting uh, place. Yeah, it is coming back for a full season because I've already started production mm. on it. I will watch the full season as well. I think every now and again, I just get a little bit frustrated because I feel like they have worked on making the characters a little bit more balanced, and a little bit more likable and a little bit less two-dimensional, which was one of my criticisms of mm. some parts of the first series. And there are some characters I absolutely adore and am really enjoying seeing. And parts of the world as well with the time jump, I feel like I think this part of the world they're exploring is now much more interesting because they're not beholden to anything else in canon they could just do what they yeah. like because it's a branch off future timeline so I think that was a really good choice there I just felt every now and again that Michael kind of steals the scene and yeah. not in a way that works you know someone else I won't say who but like some other characters having their moment and everyone's congratulating them and then Michael walks in and goes oh did I miss everything and makes a speech and then everyone are like clapping her and it's like but this was someone else's moment he yeah. just tried to write this scene to make and that's the kind of thing that frustrates me but I am still enjoying it I am still watching it and I will still watch the next series as well but they are definitely I think at times still kind of finding that balance and I think the show would work better if they dropped the primary character aspect and made it more of an ensemble cast yeah I know what you're saying there are points where Michael shows up and they seem to overly focus on on that so I sort of see what you're saying I think they do a reasonable job with the ensemble it doesn't bother me as much as it sounds like it bothers you there are I think a few I just characters prefer it was more ensemble yeah. and they dropped the idea of a primary character because the other characters are equally and some of them for me more interesting yeah so I think just the fact that you know it always has to be that character in it it's sort of in every scene has to be the center of every scene which I think is much more than they would normally do like you look at the other Star Trek series you know they maybe their captain was the primary driver of everything but they weren't necessarily in every scene or the focus of every single episode and mm. I think that was easier perhaps with the episodic format that they had before was that you could have episodes that were about secondary characters or other members of the bridge where the captain really wasn't as central and because this one is following just one set plot line they have to then write said plot line around primary character in order to involve them enough and I feel that it's tied their hands a little bit with allowing us to actually enjoy seeing the rest of the cast as much as we could otherwise like it's not it's not enough to stop me watching it it's just one of those things it's just a little background niggle yeah. when I'm watching it fair enough I mean I I'm okay with how they've balanced it. Yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying about Michael coming in to sort of save the day every time and kind of slightly elbowing her way into yeah, making situations. a big speech about it. I think is the yeah. Uh, I've so, never been a fan of those speeches. You could kind of get away with it when it was John Luke Picard or someone, but mm. I still always found those a bit annoying in all the series. To be fair, yeah, I I do wonder whether the fourth season is going to turn a little bit more episodic. Whether we are going to get a bit more of that I mean we've got Strange New Worlds coming which is by the sounds of it is going to be much more in your traditional Trek vein of of each week going to a different planet and episodic TV I do wonder whether Discoveries with how, where they left it which obviously I'm not going to sort of go into that for people that are still a little bit behind but where they left it it does feel like you are maybe setting on a slightly different path and whether it's going to end up being more of an episodic thing moving forward We'll have to see what they do.
do for the full season. But um, yeah, have we had any more news on what's happening with the potential Philippa spinoff? No, although we do sort of know how it's happening. I guess I don't think where they've actually talked about filming it yet. I think they have confirmed it is supposed to be happening, so yeah. it is coming. But there's there's no news on them. Actually... That's a show I definitely want to watch. Yeah, there's no news She's on them actually filming characters. it yet. Yeah, yeah. she she's <laughs> great. Uh, Philippa Giorgio is a, is a fantastic or Emperor Giorgio as this version of the character is. But uh, yeah, that's going to be really good. And I think it is. They have confirmed it's going moving forward, but they haven't announced anything specific about it yet. So anything else? Any other stuff you've been watching? I watched a series called Pretty Little Things. Yes, which is a Netflix kind of murder mystery series about ballet dancers. Yes, I heard some things about this. I didn't watch it. It wasn't really my sort of. It didn't go yeah, massively. I was to me, kind but. of hoping because I really. It sounds like a strange comparison, but I really enjoyed the Queen's Gambit. Right. Yeah. I thought that was beautiful, wonderfully shot, very interesting, really well acted, and I enjoyed. Like I watched that in about like three days or something ridiculous. Like I just blasted through it, and I kind of saw a bit of the trailer for this show and thought, oh, is this going to be something that's kind of got a mer- you know someone has been pushed off the top of a roof, so it's got a kind of mystery slant and a who did it slant, but based around the world of ballet, and it looked like it had some very nice shots and looked like it was going for perhaps the same area mm. and I was wrong so ah. uh, it's not a limited series it's something that's going to just keep going and they've left it on a slight cliffhanger and they've got no second season confirmed it gets very repetitive right and very ridiculous and I got to the point where I was fast forwarding through bits of it oh dear that's not good to yeah. get to the end because every single couple and because they're all teenagers living in a dorm every couple is like you know changes every week and changes constantly they've all dated at least five other people in the show you know this kind of thing every single couple gets long drawn out scenes of the just lying sort of semi-clad talking and things and to an amount where I was like this isn't contributing to the plot at all this is just (laughs) looking at pretty people but then several plot points in fact I think about four plot points revolve around the fact that these people are supposed to be under 18 (laughs) right okay that's slightly worrying trying to make us feel awkward I don't understand why you keep showing me these long lingering shots so it ended up being like the ballet side and some of the intrigue and the backstabbing and how difficult it is and the idea that people might betray their own friends to sabotage their auditions for a role because getting the role or not could mean the rest of your career or not or your family allowing you to carry on or not because of the pressures that are on them and they obviously did quite a lot of research into ballet and what it's like to grow up in that environment showing them like putting super glue on their feet or taking painkillers they've stolen so they Mm. don't miss class and you know they put thought and effort into showing those kind of things but then it sort of just turned into teenage 500 character version of revenge right okay and everyone is is possibly the person that pushed the person off the roof and um, it just just got very very silly and I thought it was a limited series I should have done more research and thought yeah. right I'm at the last episode I'm going to find out who puts the person off the roof and then it's going to be done and I'm just going to know what that was and um, then they ended it on very 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 much ridiculous obvious 
melodramatic sequel bait and i was just like oh no has this even got a second series uh, no. yeah <laughs> it, it sounds like um it's called tiny pretty things is there tiny the, pretty things that's the one and it's pretty much got across the board reviews of like 50 percent. so which is about the percentage of the show that's good so that's fair it, it really <laughs> it could have it really could have been something but characters yeah. will literally think someone is a murderer then realize they're not then be dating them in the next episode Ooh. then that person's dating someone else in the episode after you know people fall in right. love within two episodes and i know they're teenagers but this is <laughs> it just yeah. is um, it, it's just very silly and i enjoyed bits of it but it just got it got very silly the ballet dancing was nice i, I guess it's got that in its favor <laughs> the costuming's pretty good and i don't put this down to the actors they were definitely doing their best with what they were given but it's very difficult to take somebody as sincerely being in love when they were literally in love with someone who's in a coma for half the series and then they've been in love with like three other people in the series by the end. Oh dear. And you're like, okay, yes. yeah. I remember being a teenager and unless there's some timeline issue and this show's actually supposed to be taking place over the course of like a year and I've missed it and it appears to just be taking over the course of a week, it just got very silly, which I think was a shame because there was potential in there, I think, for it to be something that was mm, really good. That's a shame. I don't know what its numbers were like, but given the reviews it's got... I wouldn't hold my breath for a second season of that coming. This is what happens when I watch things that don't have spaceships in. Yeah, <laughs> you see. I was let down. There were no spaceships. Yeah, well, I, a, a ballet in space? I'm, I'm sure there's an opening yeah. for that well, sort I, of show. I, I like ballet. The world of dance is interesting. I also don't believe for a second in one of the most expensive private prestigious ballet schools in the entirety of America that after a lass is pushed off the roof they'd all still allowed to be allowed to hang out on the roof <laughs> yeah like, these think. kids are constantly on this roof that's got no safety barriers drunk dancing around on the wall that the girl was pushed off of some of the time and you're like this just right. that's a crime scene yeah that was it somebody was pushed off like you just wouldn't be allowing these <laughs> teenagers to run around on the roof it just it is very 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 bizarre series they literally jump around and dance around on the roof like it's you know turning into Mary Poppins at one point and you're oh like dear. Does, does someone else would be off the roof at this point I'm starting to wonder if anyone pushed her or if they're just all idiots <laughs> yeah they, they were just drunk and one of them <laughs> fell yeah yeah oh dear not one to recommend then by the and yes, I still haven't had time to sit down and watch the boys season two what am I doing to myself here yes there are much better things you see you need to come to me and say what do you recommend I watch <laughs> yeah well I, I to be fair with the whole little pretty whatever it's called yes the ballet one Tiny, it was kind things. of as background telly right yes. I, I kind of want to sit down and watch the boys properly when I've got more free time yeah uh, but I do kind of feel like I've lost 10 episodes of my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's disappointing when that happens I mean I, I have I still haven't got around to watching the Queen's Gambit yet and it's the like the Queen's Gambit is worth watching and has an actual proper ending it yes. is a little bit I mean it's not realistic in any way shape or form nothing in that series would actually have occurred in real life it just the world just doesn't work that way but it's really lovely and the filming the use of color the, the costuming oh god it's beautiful beautiful and well acted yeah so it's it's not without its flaws so there's some obvious 
flaws in the writing. There's some obvious, like they're not going for realism in what could actually be achieved at the time for, mm. a, you know, a young orphan woman wanting to enter into the world of professional chess. Like it just wouldn't go that way. But it is still really lovely and entertaining sort of semi fantasy version of the past and just lovely to watch it. Every shot's beautiful. I do recommend that one. Just not ballet series. I literally swore at the end, the end of the Queen's Gambit. I was like, that was really nice and slightly fairy tale and kind of weird and beautifully shot. And at the end of the one about ballet, I literally saw it was a cliffhanger and swore. Yeah, I, I do need to go and watch The Queen's Gambit. I don't know, for some reason it's not massively appealed to me, but everybody says it's great. And it's also the largest TV show in the world, uh, according to Netflix. It's been watched something like 60 million households have apparently watched that series. Yeah. So I, I, mean, I, I feel I, I, I should. I watched it and I'm recommending it and it's yeah. got no spaceships in. Yes, definitely. That's a, that's a proper recommendation. <laughs> so in terms of stuff I've been doing, Cyberpunk 2077, I, I completed... I think I mentioned a bit last week when we were doing the Geek Town Awards stuff because I've got it on PC, so I've not had any of the problems. You know, I've had the odd crash, but nowhere near the amount of problems that other people seem to have had. So uh, post that, I've gone back and been playing a bit more Crusader Kings, which is is one of these... You start off basically as a Viking, or you can start off as a Viking, and if you could start off as a Viking, why wouldn't you start off as a Viking? I tend to start off in the UK, and the idea is that you... you, you or it's sort of 1800 and something. So you're controlling some of the islands off Scotland and then you've got to try and take over the world, essentially. It's one of those strategy games. You can basically play as any leader in the world at sort of that time and you can start either at 836 or 1066. So you can do the sort of William the Conqueror thing if you want to do that. It's a big strategy game and what's unique about it is unlike the Civ games where you have Queen Elizabeth Elizabeth, who is immortal and you play her forever. With this, you have dynasties. So raising your children the right way is quite important because what skills you give them leads to how effective they might be as a ruler moving down the line. And when your original player dies, you take over as whoever is the heir to your throne. So Sorry, it- I don't understand. <laughs> don't teach Alexa to take over the world. <laughs> no. Sorry, I don't understand. Could you I'm please glad- repeat that? How do I-, I take over people and take over the world? Yeah, I'm rather glad you don't understand that. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> yet. Um, so yeah so it's quite important what you teach your heir because there are various skill sets in you know you can focus on whether you're good at diplomacy or whether you're good at intrigue and you can level up your heir before they kind of take over that dictates what sort of ruler they're going to be and the idea is you start off in 836 and then you can play through until like 1400 and something I think it is so it's quite good fun just sort of seeing how much of the map you can take over and you get these kind of nice little story arcs of what happens to your character and who backstabs who and that sort of thing and uh, so that's been quite good fun and the other thing I've gone back to playing around with was Oxygen Not Included which is a basic building game it's got kind of a quite a nice quirky art style it's sort of flat side scrolling base building game where you play a bunch of these little kind of astronaut characters that are dumped on this asteroid 
and they have to build out a base to survive and eventually try and build a spaceship to take off and uh, get to back home or other planets. They've added an expansion in which moves a lot of the space stuff a bit earlier in the timeline because that was always the end game thing. And the idea is now they've moved it forward so you can play around with the space building stuff earlier on and use the rockets to get to other asteroids and mine those as well so you can go and get resources from those so it sort of it opens it up a bit more because it always took a herculean amount of effort to get to the point where you were building rockets and it was always an interesting mechanic but a lot of people never got there because they kind of got sick of it and it was so difficult to do they gave up before then so what they've now done is added in an expansion which moves a lot of the rocket building stuff further up to the start but the places that you start are smaller so they're smaller asteroids and the idea is now you build rockets to get to other asteroids to get other bits of resources and bring them back to help you build a sort of bigger and better rockets that's been really fun kind of getting back into that because it's it's been a while since i've uh, played around in that game so um that would be quite fun one i think probably for you to stream i would have thought I, I imagine that works quite well as a streaming thing have you seen me play two point hospital <laughs> i haven't i turned my hospitals into basically arcades and when people were ill i just gave them more outrun machines <laughs> i also was dressed as a doctor with a suit and a, i forgot the stethoscope was real and i tapped it it wasn't good <laughs> I, I, i'm not sure i should be given control of uh anything with the potential for space travel based on that well yes possibly not i'm sure it's quite a fun one to stream that i i haven't actually looked up any streams of that but it strikes me as something that will work very well tv wise star trek discovery the finale of that as we talked about earlier i really enjoyed the finale of that uh staged season two of that is now all out on iplayer as well and i loved the second season it all gets very meta because the second season opens with them being interviewed about the first season. It's Ramesh Ranganathan doing like a lockdown interview with David and Michael and it's them being interviewed about the first season of Staged and then the second season is based around the idea that there is an American remake of Staged and they want all the cast back apart from Michael and David because they're not big enough names in the US and they want bigger names to play the leading roles so that's the sort of basis for it so it all gets very meta it's hilariously funny again it's really really enjoyable there's some wonderful cameos from people in there i just think it's fantastic there's such good fun those shows whether they'll do another one i don't know i think it it would be difficult to, to kind of continuously do it you might be able to squeeze one more in possibly but i think as we're getting to the point of the you know, vaccinations and that sort of stuff now i whether they've managed to get another one out in time I don't know but um, the second season of it was fantastic I don't know whether you've caught any of these no I haven't I'm so behind on telly and clearly have spent my time watching the wrong thing stage season one and season two season one's definitely on Netflix Uh, it's also on iPlayer the Netflix versions are slightly longer I think they've got some additional scenes in off season one and season two is entirely on iPlayer but they're not that long those episodes they're like 15-20 minutes I watched the entire second season in an evening because there's six episodes and I just binged my way through it. So I would heartily recommend go and look those up because they are hilariously funny. If you've not seen any of Staged, that is definitely something you should be watching because it's very much, I 
everything up your streets. They are very, very, very funny. The other thing that I watched on Netflix was Nicolas Cage's History of Swear Words, which they announced just before Christmas was coming. Yeah. And it was like as if this year couldn't get any more ridiculous. It actually is quite good fun. And it takes a bunch of different common swear words and actually has people that have done research into these words and the etymology of them, where they come from and their uses, how their usage has changed over time and all that sort of stuff. Um, It is actually not a serious show, but it has got some relatively good actual content in there. And it's just Nicolas Cage that's sort of doing the presenting to camera bit and tying it all together. And he's perfectly good at that. I mean, he's Nicolas Cage just being Nicolas Cage pretty much. So I found it quite interesting. There's only six episodes in the uh, in the first season. I don't know whether they're doing any more, but there's only six episodes in this. I actually would recommend it. I thought it was quite interesting. It's definitely one that's on the list of things I should have watched because it just, just looks like a good, fun little diversion. Absolutely it is. Uh, again, they're only fairly short episodes. They're about 20 minutes long. There is actually some interesting information in there about the sort of history of, of these various different swear words. So I would heartily recommend that. And if you're not a fan of Nicolas Cage, he is only doing little bits and pieces in between. They have got people who are genuinely have researched swear words and, you know, people that are responsible for putting descriptions of swear words in dictionaries and that sort of thing. So they have got some serious proper minds that know what they're talking about in there, a, a mixed amongst the sort of comedians and that sort of stuff that they've used. It definitely is worth watching if you haven't gone and seen that. And that's on Netflix right now. A couple of other things I want to mention. MCM have announced dates for MCM London and MCM Birmingham. So MCM London is returning on the 22nd to 24th of October. MCM Birmingham is returning the 13th and 14th of November. I mean, obviously plans may change, but I think they're probably far enough out to be able to say with a certain amount of confidence that if they are allowed to go ahead, they will go ahead. I hope that the virus is under control enough by that point that they are allowed to go ahead. But uh, I think that's a sensible prediction. I don't think they would have been able to do the sort of May, June ones. I don't think we would have been in a position to do those. But uh, at least they've got dates in for October and November. I'm assuming you will be heading to these if you can. Yes, hopefully. It will be absolutely amazing to be back at events. Hopefully they will want me to do something there. I would love to be working back at MCM again. So we shall see what happens. I think it was a sensible choice to go for October, November and to just not even think of making the months around May. I think this gives much more likelihood that things can go ahead. So it gives us all something to look forward to near the end of the year. Yeah, they have got virtual, you know, the metaverse thing they set up. They have got virtual events coming in spring and summer as well. So there are going to be doing virtual events as well as these beforehand. So there will be some sort of MCM read pop stuff coming out before then. And I'm sure there will be other virtual events throughout the year as well. But uh, actually in-person events, I have been missing them quite a lot. I'd be very happy to hopefully be able to go to London in October and Birmingham in November and um, be able to go and meet up with people finally at MCM. And uh, hopefully this stupid pandemic thing has disappeared to a large enough extent by that point that uh, it'll make it possible but we'll have to wait and see but yeah that's uh, London 22nd to 24th of October and Birmingham 13th and 14th of November are the dates to put in your diaries right now as I say things can move but 
that is what they've got right now. That's all the stuff we've been doing for the last few weeks. Let's move on to some TV and film news. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So TV and film news this week, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. No cancellations as such, but we've got one that's sort of cancelled before it's even started. The Green Arrow and the Canaries spin-off series that was done as a backdoor pilot. So if you watched the last season of Arrow, you would have seen the pilot for this. CW have opted not to move forward with that, so that is not happening. I think that's a little bit of a shame, but I think we kind of knew that that was probably coming because they hadn't said anything about it up until this point and uh, Catherine McNamara who plays the lead Green Arrow character um, Mia the daughter she has had already gone off to do another show so uh, I think we kind of knew this was coming but uh, that's not going to be moving forward so we'll see whether any of the characters pop up anywhere else in the Arrowverse but for the moment that isn't happening you're way behind on Arrowverse things as you remember yeah I sort of fell out of love with a lot of the Arrowverse stuff a little while ago uh, mm. I really really loved it to start with but it just sort of goes on. It's it's, it's like draw a child drawing a kind of mountain range. I find <laughs> yeah, I'd really enjoy it, and then I'd be kind of like, ah, oh, what is this? And I'm like, no, I'm really enjoying it again. And I kind of went like like that with the series after a while. And they can always revisit this idea for doing a spinoff later if they want. There's nothing to say that they couldn't revisit this idea at another point of time if they wanted to. But I think that Green Arrow in general just seemed to not be not be anyone's favorite of the CW series. Is I don't know. I mean, I think there was a lot of love for certainly some of the Canaries. Yeah, that's true. I think there was some love for those characters out there, but they've got various different timelines running at the moment and it wouldn't be impossible for them to bring them back. They have got a number of the Arrowverse shows finishing, of course, this year. I mean, Black Lightning is ending, uh, Supergirl is ending. They have got the Superman series starting, of course, and they've got the other sort of tangentially connected things like the Green Lantern series is coming for HBO Max which isn't technically directly an Arrowverse series but they are sort of connected in the same way that all DC stuff now is in this multiverse so it's going to be interesting to see how the DC stuff stacks up against the MCU now that they're all doing TV shows. Yeah they are on different platforms though so in some yeah. ways it's less direct competition because you'll mm. watch the one that's on the platform you've got I think and there are so yeah different services over in America and even now we've got quite a few here and people just can't afford to buy all of them so unless a show yeah. is good enough that it will make you pay for a subscription you're just going to watch the ones that are on the subscription you've already got I think yeah I mean of course a lot of the Arrowverse stuff is on the CW but then it's all on HBO Max as well whereas mm. you know the MCU stuff like you say is all on Disney Plus it is going to be interesting to see even the quality difference between the, the two and whether that forces them to up their game maybe a little bit 
on uh, the Arrowverse because they've kind of had that superhero territory to themselves for quite a while. Yeah, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but yeah. there wasn't really a huge amount of other things in direct competition. And mm. uh, obviously Disney spotted that and said, hold my beer. And uh, <laughs> yeah. are now making a wide variety of things, a lot of which that do look really, really good. Yes, yeah. And we have WandaVision coming very, very, very soon. So uh, that will be the first thing to kick off the MCU. The other CW show, which was the 100 prequel, that is apparently still in contention. Uh, we still haven't had the final season of the 100 over here, but the spin-off series, which aired again as a backdoor pilot, which is set 97 years before the events of the original series and begins with the end as the nuclear apocalypse starts to decimate the population of Earth. And rather than following the group off into space, which I know is exactly what you <laughs> wanted to follow, it of course stays on the ground and follows the uh, the people that stayed around on the ground. So it, it kind of seems to be the birth of the grounders more than anything else and how they kind of reorganise society there, which I know is not the bit that you wanted to see at all. That's the post-apocalyptic plotline. I wanted the sci-fi plotline. Yes, yeah, I, I would have quite liked that too. But uh, yeah, that is... Maybe in, they'll do that one next. Yeah, maybe they will. So that apparently, that prequel series is still in contention, so that's not dead yet, but the, uh, the Green Arrow and Canary series is not happening. In terms of renewals, Death in Paradise has been renewed for two more seasons. So uh, the, the 10th season is now airing on BBC and uh, they've announced they're going to have two more seasons after that. So that will take it up to season 12. His Dark Materials renewed for a third and final season by the BBC and HBO. They announced a while back just before Christmas. So that will be returning. And I think there are three books. So that sort of makes sense. Also announced just before Christmas, which we haven't had a chance to talk about on here, the Book of Boba Fett series coming to Disney Plus in Christmas 2021. That is a separate series to the Mandalorian series three, which will be airing straight after it. So that means Christmas-ish or December-ish 2021, you're going to get the Book of Boba Fett. And then the next show directly after that will be the Mandalorian season three, which will either be very early 2022 or very late 2021. We don't know. So uh, yeah, we are getting a Boba Fett series which you'll be I'm sure you'll be quite happy to see I'm sure everybody will be quite happy about that I still haven't seen The Mandalorian I'm just waiting <laughs> to get a Disney Plus subscription until the obvious is released well if you're going to get a Disney Plus subscription I would say get it now because if you wait until after February the prices are going to go up so you're better off getting it now because of all the extra stuff that's about to drop onto Disney Plus now is a very good time to go and buy one I would say if you're going to get one go and buy it for the year top Tip. Yes. Also mentioned today, the actor that plays Homeland, Anthony Starr, has announced that The Boys Season 3 will start filming within a month or so. So uh, it's been quite interesting because of the pandemic. A lot of shows which would usually be waiting a while before they get their next seasons, they're all starting to get back to filming fairly early, like Discovery's filming its next season pretty much straight away. They're all trying to get started as soon as they possibly can because they know there is potential for shutdowns and delays so to make sure that they hit their next deadline they're all trying to make sure that they all record everything early so uh, they are starting filming within the next month or so on the boys season three which is great news in terms of pickups roku the people that make the set-top boxes but also have the roku channel they have picked up all the content from quibi the failed streaming service which uh, failed basically because when you launch a streaming service which is designed for people out and about in 
in the middle of a global pandemic when everybody's locked indoors. Strangely enough, it doesn't work particularly well. So Quibi, who got shut down a few months ago, a lot of the content that was on there was really, really good. Wasn't that the one where it only worked on mobile? Yeah, they did eventually allow you to stream it to TV, but it took a couple of months after the launch and it only was around for seven months and it was about two months until the launch before you could actually stream it onto a TV. Originally, you could only watch the shows on mobile, which put a lot of people off, I think. Quibi was the thing where you had these little 10-minute episodes and in a lot of cases, things like they made a version of The Fugitive with Kiefer Sutherland playing the FBI marshal and it's essentially, it's a movie but chopped up into 10-minute segments. So the quality of the content was really good and they got nominated for a bunch of Emmys and stuff. But uh, when the service shut down, it wasn't entirely clear what was going to happen to that content. And it would have been a shame if it had just disappeared into the ether. So uh, Roku have picked up all the Quibi stuff. They're going to be putting it out onto the Roku channel, which is available on, if you've got any form of Roku box, so a a set-top box or a stick, it will be on there. The Roku channel is also on Now TV and SkyQ as well. It's, It's one of the apps on Now TV and SkyQ. So it's going to be free with ads. So you'll be able to go and watch these things on the Roku channel. I don't know when they're going to get added, but they will be coming fairly soon onto the Roku channel. So you'll be able to go and pick up all these shows on there. And they are well worth watching. So there are things like The Fugitive, There Was Most Dangerous Game, which was a really good series. So uh, there's there's lots of things on there that are well worth going on and picking up. Um, So uh, go and check out the Quibi content when it lands on Roku. We'll keep an eye out for that. It's a Sin, which is the new Russell T. Davis drama that has got an air date that's coming to channel four on the 22nd of january i have seen the first episode of this this is a five-part drama which is set in the 80s it's the story of the sort of the arrival of the hiv and aids pandemic and follows this group of young friends through this sort of decade of where things started to change it stars ollie alexander from years and years the band lydia west from years and years the tv series you've got Neil Patrick Harris in there, Keely Hawes, Sean Dooley, Stephen Fry, Tracy Ann Oberman as well, and a bunch of other great young talent. I've seen the opening episode for it. It is possibly the best thing that Russell T. Davies has ever written. It's got some very dark elements to it, but that same wonderful light humour and sort of turns on a penny to something horribly tragic, and it's just brilliantly put together. I can't go into too many specifics about it because, you know, I don't want to give away spoilers for for any of it before it comes out but i would urge you to go and watch it it's called it's a sin it's friday the 22nd of january at 9 p.m on channel 4 it's going to be five episodes and it's absolutely spectacular really really worth going to watch interesting subject matter and particularly for people of my age that i'm not a gay man but lived through this period of time and uh, it's quite fascinating to see it written by somebody who did live through all this really really solid drama if you like russell t davis it's it's going to be well worth going to watch. See, there's something that's not got spaceships in it that you definitely should be watching. <laughs> yes, I will have to add it to the list. Yes. Back, which is the Mitchell and Webb sitcom, finally returns. Uh, I think the first episode of this went out, I think it was in 2018. 
they released the first episode of the or the first season of this uh, season two of Back the Mitchell and Webb series returns on the 31st of January that's at 10pm on Channel 4 taking a while to get that back on air but it is back now and uh, Will and Grace season 10 which is the second season of the revival series that is airing for the first time in the UK that's Thursday the 21st of January at 8pm on Comedy Central UK starts with the double bill so where uh, if you're a fan of Will and Grace that's the first time you can see that in the UK and Resident Alien which is a new series coming to uh, Sky One on the 28th of January stars Alan Tudyk he's an alien that has crash landed on Earth who uh, takes on the identity of a small town doctor to somehow find a way to fit into the local human population while discovering what it means to be human he'll begin to question whether humanity is worth saving as he grapples with the morality of his secret mission on Earth it looks really funny I would watch Alan Tudyk paint walls so I will definitely be down for watching that got aliens in it even if the only spaceship in it is a crashed one so you know (laughs) well worth watching and also announced over the Christmas period Sky have picked up the Katie Kulu series The Flight Attendant which is is going to be premiering this year at some point in the UK don't know which channel but it will be somewhere on Sky they have picked it up so that we want to look out for moving on to some bigger news stories Clancy Brown has joined the Dexter Revival series which is is due to land at some point in the autumn that's the current plan so back in October last year they announced that Michael C. Hall is returning as Dexter everybody's favourite serial killer in a new 10 episode limited series they've now announced that Clancy Brown will play the show's villain called Kurt Coldwell Coldwell was born and raised in the town of Iron Lake in fact some consider him the unofficial mayor of the small town he's realised the American dream by going from driving big rigs just like his father did to owning several trucks and local truck stop powerful generous loved by everyone he's the true man of the people if he's got your back consider yourself blessed but should you cross Kurt or hurt anybody that he cares for God help you that's the setup for him Uh, Clancy Brown of course you'll know from things like Highlander who was in the Shawshank Redemption Starship Troopers School Goldbergs Sleepy Hollow Billions he's been in most recently and Emergence as well the short-lived sci-fi series and he's done voices for like does the voice from Mr. Crab on Spongebob Squarepants and uh, he's done voices for Star Wars Rebels and various animated Marvel series as well he's definitely a face that you will know and an actor that you'll recognise are you excited for a Dexter revival series? I don't know off the top of my head did you watch any of the original Dexter? I don't know I did watch some but I didn't watch all of it right I think I would have needed to have watched all of it before I would do that I remember Dexter was just on really late at night Mm. and gave me nightmares (laughs) so I only watched sort of half of a season right and then just kind of left it alone at that point really again lack of spaceships Um, so yeah I don't know where the original series went therefore whether or not a revival series is something that is going to be appropriate and develop the story on or, or, or what it will do because I literally watched half of the first season right okay well this is the thing the revival series uh, there was eight seasons originally of the original show and I mean Dexter if you uh, don't remember the original series it was Dexter was this blood splatter expert that worked for the Miami Police Department but also happened to be a serial killer but he was a serial killer that followed this bunch of rules in that the people that he killed usually had it coming in some way but he was kind of killing people that had maybe slipped through the police's net so that was the sort of setup for 
for the idea of it. Now, the final season, I am going to spoil things slightly if you've not watched the final season, but um, it ends with Dexter faking his own death and he's working as a lumberjack. He's where we kind of leave him and it wasn't hugely satisfactory the way it ended. And there was actually an interview with Michael C. Hall who said that he wasn't happy with the ending either. Let's be real, people found the way that the show left things pretty unsatisfying and there's always been hope that the story would emerge that would be worth telling. He commented in an interview with the Daily Beast. I include myself in that group of people that wondered what the hell happened to that guy, so I'm excited to step back into it. I've never had that experience of playing a character this many years later. So we don't know an awful lot about what this new series is going to be other than it is going to follow Dexter and there will have been a fairly substantial time jump so we'll have to see but I really enjoyed the original series and I would have to agree that I I think it needed a better ending it deserved a better ending because it had been brilliant up until that point somewhat Mm. like Game of Thrones you know (laughs) 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 been brilliant up until that final season and uh, it it was just how they rounded it off just didn't work so I'm quite happy they're bringing this back I was quite a fan of the original show maybe I should go back now we've got everything on streaming services and I don't have to watch it just before I go to bed maybe I should reinvestigate the first run of the series because I did you know the problem with it was is that it was actually quite scary in the way it was filmed it was a lot of things happening just off camera in a way that you know allowed your brain to fill in the details and then you go straight to sleep and your brain filled in the rest of the details right Um, yeah yeah so I (laughs) I didn't not watch it because it was bad I didn't watch it because it made my sleep bad um, (laughs) which is probably a sign of good writing in the case of what they were trying to achieve yes yes I think that's probably true <laughs> moving on to more casting of a very different kind uh Elia o'brien has joined the cast of legends of tomorrow for the sixth season so this is going to be a new character um Lyra o'brien you may know from rookie blue was probably the biggest thing she's been in she was also in take two which i think ran on fox quite recently in the uk that was a fairly short-lived series she's popped up in things like supernatural and bates motel and ascension and continuum as well she's playing a character called kayla who is a fearsome warrior with a high body count and low patience for human incompetence she'll be put through her paces by working with and against the legends as she's certainly not used to messing anything up messing things up for the better this sounds like it's going to be one of these sort of characters that they meet as an enemy and then kind of ends up joining them i still love legends it's a very silly show the characters are great i would like to see them suit up a bit more but i like the fact that it it, fourth wall breaking bits and you know there's almost them talking direct to camera in places out of all of those Arrowverse shows I like the fact it embraces the stupidity of it and the fact that when the crossover episodes happen half of them don't turn up and when they find out that Sarah's got roped into a crossover they're like oh she didn't get roped into a crossover did she you know I like the fact that they make jokes about things like that it's good fun very self-aware series which I think is one of the reasons why everyone has so much love for it I'm not sure who this new character is especially if they're just giving us a first name I'm wondering if this is either only very very loosely based on a comic book character or if this is just a complete invention of their own yeah I mean I couldn't see any 
any kind of connection to anything that's in existing DC as far as I could tell. So no, well, there are plenty of characters with that name, but yeah. the name and the description isn't ringing any bells for me either. If anyone knows or figures out who this character is based on, let us know because I would be interested. But uh, yeah, it could be just someone that they have invented and made the character ground up. Yeah, we've got a lot of people returning, obviously. Uh, Sarah, you've got uh, Mick, he's back in there, Nate, Constantine, Zari, Ara, Ari, Astra and Barad are all back on the ship. They have got another new character joining who's called Esperanza Spooner Cruz, who I think is a new character in the comic books as well, if I remember correctly, played by Lithes Chavez from Chicago PD, who's playing that character. So that will be another new character that's joining the show as well. We don't know much about the new series other than it will involve aliens. They're dealing with space and aliens in this. So this should be very much up your street. Uh, <laughs> so Because the last season ended with Sarah getting mysteriously zapped away by something. And uh, it turns out that that is a ruthless alien. So they kind of got a club together to try and rescue her. So having spent the last season sort of dealing with hell, they're now dealing with aliens, which whatever they want to do with the show, I'm all down for it. I'm very happy to kind of sit and watch this. We don't know exactly when Legends is returning because it hasn't got an air date in the UK or the US at the moment. We know it will be behind a lot of the other Arrowverse shows. So Batwoman is kicking things off in the US on the 17th of January. Black Lightning, the final season of that starts on the 8th of February. Then The Flash season seven and Superman and Lois on February 23rd third final six season of supergirl and legends of tomorrow's sixth season those will be sometime after 23rd of february so they'll probably be march sometime i would suspect we don't have uk air dates for anything right now those are the us air dates so we'll have to wait and see i do wonder whether sky are going to wait until sort of march so they can cluster some of the shows together a little bit but um they've certainly not shown up in any of the preview things for january february that we've seen so far so we'll let you know when we we know those as for black lightning that will end up on netflix after it's aired in the u.s because they drop it as a box set now and uh, batwoman season two may or may not come to e4 depending how drunk the schedulers are at the time and uh, where the darts land so we'll have to wait and see for that but we will let you know when we hear something on those and lastly loki writer michael waldron has apparently been tapped to pen a star wars movie which is going to be exactly produced by Tegman Feige. This is interesting because this was something that wasn't announced when Disney did all those announcements before we uh, stopped for Christmas. This movie wasn't something that was in that list. According to the reports, Mike Waldron, who is the creator of the Loki series, has signed an overall deal which will see him write a Star Wars movie as well. He's fairly busy at the moment. He's not necessarily a name that you might have been aware of because he also wrote... uh, uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which of course is the movie that's coming in 2022. The Loki series, he's going to be writing the Star Wars movie. He's also the writer of Heels, which is the new wrestling drama thing for stars, which uh, stars Stephen Amell and Alexander Ludwig as these two brothers that are kind of 
warring over their family's small town pro wrestling business. He's one of those writers that sort of over the last year or so seems to have really suddenly made a name for himself. We don't know anything about the Star Wars movie other than it wasn't in the Investors Day live stream when we announced all that stuff. So it seems to be an additional thing to that. The only movies they announced at the uh, Investors Day was Rogue Squadron, which is from Wonder Woman's Patty Jenkins and an untitled Star Wars movie from Takita Wahiti. So this will be in addition to those two. A lot of that stuff went up to 2023, so it may be that this is coming after that. So maybe it's somewhere way off in the future, but yeah. We don't know, but I, I don't know. I mean, like the idea of another Star Wars movie with Kevin Feige in charge? Well, having not seen anything else he's penned yet, I can't make <laughs> too many uh, too many assumptions onto, onto the quality of what he's done. But the, the trailers for the things he's written look very, very good. And clearly Disney has a lot of faith in his abilities if they're giving him such a contract that includes getting his hands on even more of their top properties. Yeah. So I'd like to see some more stuff in that universe. And um I, I think that you can't really go too far wrong if you're uh, got Disney's attention to that degree. Well, that was my sort of thinking was, I mean, it bodes well for the Loki series and for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness as well, given that after seeing whatever they've shot so far for those, they've now handed him a Star Wars movie. That bodes well, I think, for those series. Yeah, you have to assume with what happened with some of the recent Star Wars things that they are being very, very selective with yes. who's writing those now they have given the, the the writers and people slightly too much freedom with some of the movies mm. recently and saw all the kind of fan backlash and issues that came with that so one would assume that they've vetted his work very very closely in order to give him the ability to take on that license and make something for it um so yeah i guess it's a wait and see moment but i'm certainly looking forward to the other things he's worked on so hopefully what we've got here is a talent that's gonna point some of these things back in the right direction yeah I, i'm also quite looking forward to the uh, heels drama as well because it just seems to fit so well for Stephen Amell who's a massive massive wrestling fan and then he lands this wrestling drama that's coming to uh, Stars Play in the UK they've already announced that that when it does land heels will air on Stars Play in the UK it'll be on Stars in the US so um, if you're a fan of Stephen Amell or Alexander Ludwig who I think was one of the Vikings guys then that's definitely something that's going to be worth looking out for Um, prior to doing this the main thing he wrote on was Rick and Morty so that's sort of an interesting uh, sort of leap <laughs> from one thing to another in terms of the the MCU TV series obviously WandaVision is, is the thing that's coming uh, Friday mm-hmm. actually I think that lands so uh, that's the first thing that's going to kick thing off then uh, Falcon Winter Soldier that has a date as well that's the 19th of March then Loki comes in May and uh, Heels as we said that's expected to land later on in 2021 and he's confirmed as airing on Stars Play in the UK, Stars in the US. So uh, that's the other thing to watch out for. So uh, yeah, the, the, the TV shows, I mean, it sounds like they're, they're pretty much running them back to back because it looks like One Division is going to run into Falcon Winter Soldier, which will probably run into Loki. So uh, that's all good as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, people definitely getting their money's worth from their subscriptions there. I always thought it was interesting that they were making One Division the one to kick everything off rather than going with one of the larger, more established 
established characters, but WandaVision looks so good that it's making me want to get a Disney Plus membership early. Yes. And I didn't like Scarlet Witch at all in the way she was presented in the MCU. And I've never much cared for Vision as a character. And it's one of the shows I'm most excited for. So if they can make two characters I don't care about, one of which I really, really didn't like in the MCU into a series that I'm considering paying money to watch on a subscription I don't have currently. Um, <laughs> I, I think that shows that they know what they're doing here. Yeah, I, I would definitely say so. And of course, the other thing is these are going to be pretty well entwined with the Marvel movies as well, because Wonder is going to show up in the Multiverse of Madness, the Doctor Strange movie next year. So um, yeah, I mean, they, they are weaving these in and out of the films as well. Yeah, there, there are various characters which will be jumping from one to the other. So it is going to be very much still part of the MCU and still an integrated universe. If you're a Marvel fan and you're going to be following the movies, you're probably going to need a Disney Plus subscription. <laughs> So that's all the news we've got for this week. Now, just got time for some highlights for next week on TV. Highlights for next week. First one we have is Briar Patch, which is uh, coming to Alibi on the 13th of January at 9pm. I have seen a few episodes of this because I caught it a little bit when I was in the US. It's really, really good. It's from Mr. Robot's Sam Ishmael. So it's wonderfully strange and weird. It's kind of a, a detective drama thing about a woman starring Rosario Dawson, about a woman that goes back to her hometown where her sister was murdered and he's sort of looking into the what happened. It was cancelled after one season, but it's an anthology series. So the entire first season is self-contained. So it is based basically a mini series it is worth watching i would go and see it it's on alibi it's called briar patch 13th of january at 9 p.m rupaul's drag race uk that returns on the 14th of january at 7 p.m on bbc3 pandora second season of that that comes to sci-fi uk on the 14th of january at 9 p.m that's a a sci-fi series about a young woman who lost everything but finds a new life that's earth space training academy that's got spaceships in it that's one for you <laughs> the simpsons returns for season 32 that's on the 15th of january at 8 p.m last leg is back for its 21st season that's on the 15th of january at 10 p.m on channel 4 disenchantment part 3 that is starting on netflix on the uh, 15th of january so uh, that will be there's a lot of love out there for that series you saw a surprising number of cosplays for that in the back when we could go and do such things it seems to have gone down very well disenchantment servant which is the m9 Shyamalan Apple TV Plus series that's season two of that starts on the 15th of January over on Apple TV Plus WandaVision as I mentioned that starts on the 15th of January on Disney Plus as well Murdoch Mystery season 14 of that on Alibi on the 18th of January at 8pm and AP Bio season three of that comes to Comedy Central on the 18th of January at 9pm that is everything we have for this week unless you've got anything that you want to mention such as where people can find you you can find me as Trista Bites, spelt B-Y-T-E-S, because I thought I was being funny with a pun, over on YouTube and Twitch. You can also find me on all the standard social medias as Trista Bites as well. Just generally talking about various geek nonsense, nostalgia, and uh, messing about on the internet, trying to give people a little place that they can just go and hang out.
hang out with a nice welcoming community and talk about all things geek yes so go and check that out over there it's very very funny uh you can also go to find matt over on entertainmenttalk.org where he's got lots and lots of podcasts over there including a podcast about you i noticed this week yes i wasn't expecting that one that kind of came out of nowhere <laughs> yes no he's doing a, a month-long series of people that um put out like positive content and uh he he picked you as the, being the first person he did for that so uh, well chosen i thought but uh, he'll oh, be doing thank more you. of those it was a lovely surprise <laughs> yes go and check out matt over on entertainment talk there's lots and lots of podcasts going out on there and of course for us you can go to geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information if you want to get in touch with your questions or comments email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.